Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing a webinar from the January 12th Preparing and Managing for the Calving Season webinar series. These webinars are held every Tuesday in January, and we've had ones on January 5th, 12th, and we also have some coming up still on January 19th and 26th. I'm joined today by Aaron Jobman to talk specifically about record keeping at the time of calving and how that can be a tool producers can use to provide information to help them make management decisions. Thanks for joining me today, Aaron. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Well, Dr. Jobman, you talked about the value of record keeping, and I think oftentimes producers have records around calving, at least tagging calves, in some cases uh, writing down the, the birth date with the sex of that calf. In this presentation, you talked about using that calving data to help understand what's going on with the cow herd and then providing that as a tool to maybe make some management decisions as you look forward to the upcoming breeding season. Share with us some of the principles you shared on that webinar series that you think are valuable for producers to know and understand as it relates to looking at calving records. When I think of calving records, I, the first thing that pops into my head are those little red books that seem to go out into distribution, you know, keeping records of the tag numbers of the mom and the calf, um, genders, dates are pretty routine. Um, sometimes those little books can be more and more intense lately with spaces for calving ease, vigor, nursing status, birth weights, things like that. I think the million dollar question is, do you really need to keep track of all that? And in short answer, I would say, I don't know. <laughs> I think ultimately it depends on, you know, whatever production goals you have for your system that's available to you and what you can do. And what I've learned as a veterinarian is that every person has a different system and we could drive down the county line and each farm is going to be different. They're going to have different resources and you go to the next county and the culture changes again and you go to the next state and the culture changes again. So really I don't have like a cookie cutter, one size fits all answer for what records to keep track of. But I do encourage people to, you know, sit down and think about the goals you have for your herd, what you're trying to accomplish. And then I'm pretty practical in what I would keep track of. And I would only keep track of things that I'm going to use. Talk about some of the ways that producers can use calving information as they look towards making management decisions for the cow herd. So what I talked about in the webinar is all about reproductive momentum in your herd and reproductive momentum goes hand in hand with uh, any goals you have for your system. And the example I gave is pretty typical for a Nebraska herd, but pursuing a goal of a 365 day calving interval. This plan kind of helps align the different production stages of the cows to the seasonality of available forages. And now that doesn't mean everyone has to have this goal. My first job as a veterinarian was actually in South Central Texas, and they have green growing grass throughout most of the year. And in turn, their systems are going to look different from ours. But for today, we'll talk about the 365-day interval. Um, if you think about that with a cow-calf operation, you can assume 283 days out of the year are taken up by a gestation. Um, so meaning the time of the year that the cow is pregnant. I say plus or minus because not every cow is going to deliver on day 283 post mating. 
Um, there's a lot of variance in this number. But if you subtract 283 from the 365 day year, you end up with 82 days left. And in this 82 days from the time of calving to the start of breeding season, you're going to uh, have some of those days spoken for as well. Um, there's a period called postpartum anestrus, which is an unavoidable temporary state of infertility following calving in which the cow recovers and repairs for, for the next breeding season. Um, so this period can last 50 to 80 days on average in a healthy cow. The numbers increase for thin cows and certainly for heifers as well. In the webinar, I had a, a diagram that goes through uh, just a average herd that starts their breeding season June 1st. Um, in turn, their calving season would start around March 10th, and postpartum anestrus lasts from calving up through April 28th at the earliest, or even as long as May 28th at the longest. So you can kind of appreciate how that 365-day interval fills up pretty quickly. And if you think about using a 60-day breeding season. This is another number that I've assigned to this schedule that's pretty common for Nebraska. Um, we'll kind of ignore AI and other reproductive technology for today. But you think about during the 60-day breeding season, some statistics that go with that. Following mating, the likelihood of conceiving a viable pregnancy is 60 to 70 percent meaning that 30% actually fail. Fertilization failure or early embryonic loss, meaning less than 14 days, these numbers are considered normal. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. The, the normal heat cycle for cows is 21 days long. So if fertilization fails, the cow will undergo the rest of the cycle and return to heat 21 days later. So if you think about that, in a 60-day window, the cow essentially has three opportunities to become bred. Throughout those opportunities, there's this creation of positive or negative momentum in your reproductive herd status. So to have positive momentum, um, this means that most of the cows are going to calve early in the season, and in turn, they breed early. So for example, in the first 21 days of the breeding season, 65% of the herd ideally become pregnant. So you're reaching that 60 to 70% statistic that we just mentioned. And then the next 21 days, 65% of the remaining cows are going to become pregnant. If you think about a herd of 100 head uh, in the first heat cycle with those percentages, that would mean 65 cows become pregnant. And in the next heat cycle, there's essentially 35 remaining open cows to work with and 65% of those cows are gonna become pregnant, which is 23. So you can kind of imagine how a graph is gonna look in your mind with that curve going on. And, and these are all describing positive momentum. Um, there's also such a thing as negative momentum, um, which can slow some of your progress here. These scenarios tend to come about, if you extend breeding season longer than 60 days in this example, that can certainly allow for more cows to become pregnant. But if you think about 365-day limit, cows that are conceiving later in the breeding season tend to resume fertile cycles later in the following breeding season. And cows that conceive 82 days into a breeding season won't actually calve until after the start of the following breeding season. You can kind of see how most of the talk in the webinar last night revolved around positive and negative momentum. And there's 
few different ways we can talk about of how to how to come up with this from your calving records. So as folks look at their calving records and they're looking at what percent of my cows calved in the first 21 days, second 21 days, third 21 days, how might they use that information then as they think about what the status is of their cow herd and, and what options or opportunities there are to maybe move cows into a more positive reproductive state? Think about, you know, why, why does this momentum matter? Personally, I think it does go back to understanding the goals of your system. You know, for different people, different regions, this momentum might not be a priority. Um, but for others, uh, a herd with strong, positive reproductive momentum can achieve and maintain 95% pregnancy status in a 60-day breeding season. Um, and you'll create this momentum that just carries over year to year. Um, these cows that conceive in the first 21 days of breeding season have a significant impact on pounds weaned per cow exposed. Um, so simply put, the calves are older and heavier at weaning compared to herds that calve steadily throughout the calving season. And cows that calve early in the season can complete this postpartum anestrous period well before the start of breeding season. Um, this helps the cows stay in the herd longer and improve their longevity. When it comes to heifers, Needing a longer postpartum anestrus as well. If you go back to selecting replacement heifers, if you're selecting heifers from cows that calve in the first heat cycle, those heifers are in turn going to be heavier at weaning as well and more likely to be cycling at the beginning of their first breeding season. All of these factors ultimately can impact profitability depending on your system and decrease cow depreciation costs. Anything else, Dr. Jobman, that you'd like to highlight on this topic as we move towards wrapping this up? I could just come up with a couple of examples of how you can do this with your herd. When I learned about this in school, I was really excited about this. And I went home. Uh, my family had farms and they ranch as well. And my brother and I sat down with our calving books and just going off of the calving dates and knowing when the bulls were turned out, we came up with some graphs on Excel to, to go through all this. And in the webinar, you can see pictures of what we're doing for that. If you're really tech savvy, the Beef Cattle Institute at K-State has an app you can download and you can input data and then the app will generate graphs for you. And another example you can do is just with pen and paper. You can just simply tally up the number of calves born each week during your calving season and take a look at what that looks like. So I tend to use just a piece of paper and list the weeks down um, vertically and put tallies next to them. And you can kind of see how a graph will come about with how your calves shape your calving season. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website. Again, this is a conversation about one of the webinars that was held on January 12th, the title being Calving Toolbox and Record Keeping. That webinar is archived at the Beef website. Also, Dr. Jobman mentioned the benefit and value of having cows calve early in the calving season. And Dr. Rick Funston, who's a reproductive physiologist at the West Central Research and Extension Center at North Platte, also has a lot of good data and information on the Beef website on that topic as well.